What's up, everyone? It's Drew from the Warrior Workout Network. Hey, listen, uh, next week it's going to be Sean doing the introduction. I am so tired of saying, and with me, as always, is Sean. Like, that's so, I don't know, man. He deserves way more than that. So we're going to split. Check us out, www.warriorworkoutnetwork.org. That's the home of the podcast. That is the home, um, the hub, if you will, of how we're setting up our assets for everyone to use we're in a remodeling phase right now and a rebranding phase because we brought in this new artist Fida Rossi happens to be Rooker's cousin and the, the ideas are flowing everybody's working and this thing is getting taken to the next level. She'll be on the podcast. That way we can talk about her artwork and we can talk about uh, what she's going to be helping the network out with, uh, you know, with her volunteer time. Um, and dude, just a lot. There is a ton in front of us and we really look forward to it. Check us out. On all the major social media outlets, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at WarWorkoutNet. Uh, we will always, always, always want to give a shout out to our fantastic partners. Uh, oh So Delicious, the only hot sauce made by bears. One dollar from every bottle goes to militaryfamilies.org. That's to benefit the family members of fallen service members. That's very redundant, and I apologize for wording it that way. Resurrecting Lives Foundation. TBI research and recovery. Traumatic brain injuries, man, you, you see them. If they're not addressed, they can really ruin a life. Doc Gordon, the founder of Resurrecting Lives Foundation, had her own struggles. She had her own TBI that she had to overcome. She had to relearn how to speak. And now she's out helping others. She hit that full cycle of healing where she went through her struggles, healed, and is now helping others. Thank you for your service, Longhorn. This dude has found a way to use comedy to unite people. We love his work. He's going to be on our show tomorrow. Tomorrow. This week got a little screwy. We had to pack in a bunch of podcasts and episodes in preparation for the show. Today we're joined by Rob Will, and I'm going to go ahead and we're just going to lead into the episode because he just brings it in hot right from the conversational, the casual conversation at the beginning. So strap in. Thank you, everybody. Uh, enjoy Jamestown's 67th funniest comedian, Rob Will. Dude, thank you for being with us today. Oh, everybody, this is... Rob Will, Army veteran, former tank mechanic, turned comedian, now Jamestown, New York's 67th funniest comedian. <laughs> as long as the mayor, city council, and the school board stays, I'll never move up on that list. There it is. <laughs> there it is. So, Rob Will, you grew up in New York, pothole capital, and you know what? What's the claim to fame for Jamestown now? You've got, what, the National Comedy Center? The National Comedy Center is huge. Um, it's actually probably what keeps me here. <laughs> um, it, fortunately for me, it's the place where the history of comedy is now stored. Mm -hmm. They have George Carlin stuff. 
you know he all of his found all of his 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 collective that were left in store. yeah you can uh you can go in and see his handwritten notes you can go in and see um stage performances you can go in and see some of his ma other materials you know uh whether it was books or i can't remember if there's clothing that he maybe wore on stage too in there they had the clothing but, trunks yeah you know so i i'm just i i forget what all because it's just such a cool place i i go in there and i can just sit and tear up because it, you know I, well Honestly, I look at it as like everything in there is just for me because I live right here, you know, and and it's just such a special thing to me. Uh, it's the hometown of Lucille Ball, and mm -hmm. this is because of her vision, the uh, original queen of comedy, I think is what they called her. Um, personally, I still love Lucy. She's, Who doesn't? Uh, Who doesn't? Been dude? an inspiration to a lot of different people, you know. And every summer here in town, they have a big Lucille Ball comedy festival where they bring in top-notch comedians. Oh, um, yeah. To let you know, this this past August, um, well, actually not this past August because of the COVID, but a year ago, they had the Smothers Brothers here in town. And uh, it was 50 years ago this year that they were fired from CBS for their um, lack of adjusting their show to what cbs demanded or you know what i could be wrong it might not have been cbs but i think it was one of the major networks back then fired them from the smothers brothers comedy hour and uh you know that they brought them into town and they had a couple of special events with them i actually got to meet them both and i i made them laugh a little bit with my uh isn't that the best i made mark Merrill oh, laugh yeah. the other day yeah that's it's awesome you know look everybody part of that 67th funniest comedian thing is everybody is a comedian of course not oh, everybody's got the the courage to get on stage and try to make a room full of people laugh but uh bob newhart said um he was actually talking to billy crystal i, I read this quote one time in one of bob's books and uh he said that uh he had heard Billy was getting back in the stand-up a little bit, and he said it's a good thing because if if you have the ability to get on stage and make a room full of room full of people laugh, you have an obligation to do that. Wow! You know, and and that's what our society is: is we have, um, uh, uh, you know, we have entertainers that definitely can make us laugh. Uh, unfortunately, COVID has messed up a lot of that. But, uh, you know, we need more of that. N not enough people are going out to laugh. You know, not, not enough you're people. right, dude. Not, not, fact, I, I, or at least I believe that. Not ooh. enough people understand uh, the actual physical, mental, spiritual benefits of laughter. It's catharsis. You know, when, when you go out and, and enjoy a, a, a comedy show, professional comedy show, and you know the ride home is just so much different, and you just feel the the lack of stress. You know, riding wow. home, your your face hurts a little bit because you've been laughing <laughs> for about two hours. You know, and it's just a it's a whole different thing. I I love it. Um, That's student of uh, comedy, and and I mean you you know you're talking about being you know going and checking out those things uh, at the museum there, but. Um, 
what what is what is it for, like as someone who puts in sweat equity into you know trying to write things that are going to bring people enjoyment and, and stuff like that are you are you more of like I like to you know be from point A to point C there's a way this thing runs or are you you kind of shoot off the hip there I mean how do you like to run your comedy shows what, what's the what's the flow you like to use personally I uh, I I can kind of wing a few things. I go with a, you know, a, a set of jokes, but honestly, it depends on the room too. You know, when you get to a room, you have to look around and you have to understand if it's a bunch of older people, they're not going to understand Twitter jokes. Yep. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not going to get jokes about dating apps. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you have to, I mean, while you need a few of those types of, to jokes in your back pocket for a crowd that's mm -hmm. not the crowd you know so you have to be able to adjust what you're gonna do somewhat to the crowd versus you know how hard is that requirement oh like man, how hard that... like how hard is that to like you have a plan you walk out there and maybe it is a crowd that you thought were going to react a certain way to the jokes and the, and it's just not that type of act. You've got to like. It's called sink or gear. swim. You sink or swim at that point. How hard well, is that? Oh, it can like that's actually the worst. You know, you can go with your material, and even if they don't find your jokes funny, when you think they should laugh and you don't hear it, that gets your brain ticking in a whole different direction too. You know. <laughs> If you're brand new to comedy, what that does, it shuts you down. It shuts down yeah. your nervous system. You you can't think anymore. You'll glance at your notes, but they won't make sense. You won't control your breathing. You'll be like, okay, well, now I don't know what to say. I don't uh -huh. and, and it's very difficult to access fun. Just saying things into a microphone at that point is one thing. Now accessing the level of funny right. is a whole other thing because you have to re you have to take in that moment, you have to reassess what is funny to these people. Not what's funny yes. because until you are a comedian that's known for your material, you don't really get to do the material you want to do. You've got to do the material that your crowd wants to hear. Then wow. you're, you're very much a slave to that grind. That's very true. Very accurate. Is it kind of compared to being like, you know, your, your buddies invite you to, to like a party or something like that. And they're like, this is the funny guy. And then they're like, Hey, you had to tell them that one story. And you're like, eh. and you tell them the story. And then everyone's just kind of like that group at that party doesn't react to it. Like the last, you know, people you were around and now you're just standing there staring at them. Like, all right, I guess I'll just go out on the porch. <laughs> Most of the time at a party, if you got music going, you know, you're just really having casual conversation. Nobody's wanting to have a comedy show break out at a party. You know what I mean? It, yeah, like, I got it's, it's it's okay to have a, a conversation, you know, and be like yourself. You're naturally funny, you know. If if in if in the conversation you get some laughs and you can maybe add a little to it and get another laugh or two from your friends or people there. Great. Isn't that what the night's going to be supposed to be about anyway? What I actually find happens more at parties is people will come up to me and say, Hey man, this here, li listen to this. And then they'll tell me something and they'll, they'll put that in your ass. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate that. 
especially when you first get started. You, you know what everybody, I mean? Everybody, like, everyone's yeah. like, oh, you're doing comedy? Well, check this out. I got to oh, hold on. Stay there. Yeah. Listen to me for two hours because I want to tell you something. You're like, oh, my fucking God. No. I mean, I'll hang out and listen because I'm a personable guy, too, you know? And when I'm out doing comedy, I'm out for the show. Comedy deserves a certain level of respect. You know, yeah. because it's so beneficial to society. You should never um, uh, put on a, a bad comedy show. Now, there are bad comedy shows that happen. But, you know, to advertise a, a comedy show and then, say, use mostly like open micers or just the funny guys from church or something, you know, that's it's not comedy deserves better than that. You know, it's, it's done so much for society throughout the history of society that, uh, you know, you don't want to, you don't ever want to kick it, you know? Well, it's a respect for, it's an art form and yeah. every art deserves a respect of, right. of the, like we said earlier, the sweat equity that goes into it and, and the time that you put into it and, it's not like you're going to have somebody sit there who does paintings and a certain style of painting and they're going to be at a party or they're going to be whatever. You say, Hey, paint, paint a canvas or something right now. And right. we're all going to enjoy it. And I mean, as, as a comic, I mean, you know, I've, you know, some guys, you know, I mean, I've known some funny dudes in, in, in my day and, and um, you know, there's two types of guys. There's the guys who are funny, 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 and the energy stays all night. And then there's the guys that can be funny for a while and they just like to chill. Are you a, after a show you chill or are you after the show you, you it just it's it's going until the lights go out that night honestly after the show i prefer hanging out with the comics and just maybe getting a bite to eat shooting a breeze talking uh you know talking about other parts of comedy you know so a lot of the guys that i hang out with they they like to do improv too you know which I'm not an actor. I, I can't bend over and act out stuff. You know, I, I just get up in front of people and tell them what I've got to say. And that's, yeah. but you know, and, and talking with those guys and uh, gals, and there's some women involved too, you know, but uh, lost my train of thought. That's what but a brain is. Your, 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 po right your post show rituals you're talking about. Oh you're yeah. Going yeah just hanging out with the, like... the other people that were on the shows maybe some of the promoters or the, the, you know, the, the booker or whatever, you know, to, you know, it's actually a lot more of a friendlier business I've found than, than others, you know, comedians help comedians. Sometimes I don't know what scene you broke into, but we <laughs> used to do well, Damien and I used to drive two hours all to Buffalo to do five yeah. minutes to bomb and then get treated like shit for months. Like just wow. to learn how to do it. Like that's, and they hated us. We were just a bunch of re uh, hicks, rednecks coming up from the woods to go up there and try to be funny. And they fucking hated us. It was awesome. It was the, one of the best times of my life. Right. I would do it again in a heartbeat. I would do, I would, I would start that journey again. Are you kidding oh me? Oh my God. Cause you learn something valuable every week. Yeah. You're like, wow, if I would have included this, that could have been funny. You, you, you take it, you dissect and you become a better artist that way. It hurts so bad. I killed like going to your, to your mic in Jamestown. I killed for the first time ever there. I went home and cried for like an hour. I was like, holy shit. That's what that feels like. Cause it's, it's like, exciting. Man, it's yeah. like, it's unexplainable. I can't explain it. 
when when you've had a fantastic show and people come up to you after the show and say ah you're funny oh man you know that's look my two kids aren't around me right now but it's better than the two birthdays when they were born you know it, it is sorry it is to me the feeling i get now from that from crushing a show hearing people come up to me afterwards saying you're funny you know it's it just is the best the, feeling it's the best oh man it feeds the it, it feeds your soul I, man we just wanted to stop and remind everyone to make sure that as we go into the cold dark season that you actively take care of your mental health in some way watch those vitamin d levels make sure you're getting some laughter and have a good time until then, get ready for our comedy show on November 28th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The tickets are free. We're giving away free prizes. You can find the link below in the description for this episode. Don't forget to go check out our guest on Instagram, RobWill67. So you grew up in Jamestown. You're from Western New York, born and raised. Yeah, I actually grew up out in Nashville, New York. Okay. But that's just a few miles from Jamestown. And what prompted you to join the military, Army specifically? Oh, I've got a lot of military in my family, you know, before me anyway. Uh, goes way back. Um, to the Highlands, right? Way even past Yeah, there, some guy came out of the Highlands in Scotland back in 1652 and kicked King Lord Cromwell in the kilt. Next thing he knows, he's on the John and Sarah shipped over here and uh, came over here as an indentured servant, lived in Jersey for a while. Wow. And again, it's I crazy. Kicking the kilt, that's just like, that's how they added kicking into rugby. I feel like that's how yeah. they include, they're yeah. like, you know what, that's a good idea for this sport. That's We're right. The shit out of each other. Let's right. <laughs> yeah. How manly, manly are you? You know, that's really what the question is. So they, so it's in your blood to be in the military. Yeah. And when you were in, you were a tank mechanic. Uh, tank turret repairman. Um, I was the actual job title, I think. But uh, I was on a maintenance support team. There was probably 25 of us guys that were attached to a maintenance battalion. But, uh, well, we were assigned to a maintenance battalion but we were attached to an armor battalion and uh 60 tanks i'm not sure how many it was but uh when they rolled we were right behind them and mm. we were the first uh line of mechanics for them you know so when stuff broke we were there to fix it and it, two weeks out of every month i was out you know playing war so to speak you know where were you stationed where was this at fort hood Texas. I was in Second Armor Division, and hell on wheels. You met you met your current prison guard there, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah she was first buddy. kid. <laughs> oh man, it seems like uh, so when we when we bring up the misses, you even you even you include her in your set. It seems like she must be a pretty good spirit and uh, pretty good sport about what you do. You know when they say the better half. <laughs> She's definitely, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm a good guy, but she's an incredible person, you know, wow. 
It's, see, I've never seen you smile like that, Rob. I've never seen you smile that deep. He's not here. Oh. oh. <laughs> I haven't seen her in a couple hours, so it softens the blow and makes me love her. Uh, you, you two met in the Army. You two met in the Army. And yeah, September 1987, Fort Hood. We, we got there the same time. We were in processing together, and uh, I drove down from western New York, and I got to Fort Hood, you know, that's a long damn drive, but I got to Fort Hood at like two o'clock in the morning and on the day I was supposed to sign in and at five o'clock in the morning was formation. So I was going to it late and uh, she was sitting right in front of me and had an extra ballpoint pen because I, I didn't even have a pen. And, you know, in the army, if you go somewhere without a pen like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So I'm like, hey do you have an extra pen? And she turned around. She says, yes, I do. And so I've hated big pens ever since then too, to be honest with you, because she had an extra big pen. Wow, man. And, um, go ahead. No, I, I just, I just think it's, you know, it, I mean, it just goes to show you, you know, that you guys, you, you hit it off, but at the same time, you, you were both, you were both into service and, and how has that been with, you know, how your family has gone through things since then. I mean, did you guys move around a lot or? No, uh, actually she got pregnant and then she got out of the military. They, they let women do that, and uh, <laughs> which was fine with me. Um, and then when, when uh, my first uh, enlistment was done, two weeks out of every month being out in the field, I'd come home and my kids running around in a, in a walker you know, and then the next time I'd come home, he's using the TV remote. The next time I come home, he's making his own hot dogs in the microwave. You know what I mean? And I'm like, damn, he's growing up. I'm missing the whole thing, you know? And wow. before I had a child, before I met Becky, I never thought I would have kids. You know, it wasn't something that I really, you know, can say I wanted, I suppose. Okay. Um, it's a lot of responsibility, you know, and yeah. I was, you know, so, but then we had a kid and, and I, I just, it changed me, you know, I didn't want to be a warrior anymore, really, you know, because I miss my kid. Yeah. But when, when it came time to reenlist, they, they offered me aircraft electrician school if I wanted to change, you know, but then it would have been a six year enlistment. And they told me I'd be right back at Fort Hood. Mm. I hated Fort Hood. It was hot. <laughs> I'm from here. I like it here in Western New York, you know? Yeah. It well, doesn't hit triple digits. Uh, Evansville, Indiana. Okay. Southern tip of Indiana. Not real far south, but. You know. Since she was cool with Western New York? Uh, well, honestly, you know, when I met her, I said, I'm from New York. <laughs> And she didn't think Western New York, you know, she, she thought we'd be going to the big city, you know, and I brought her up here and she's like, what the hell did I do? No, she's not a fan of the snow. We tried to live there in Evansville for a while, but that's like the end of Tornado Alley, man. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't get why people live there. This isn't a flat. Yeah, it's like. They're there, man. It's crazy. Now, did you – you've had a life riddled with traumatic brain injuries. And from talking to you at yeah. shows. Yeah, they started young. 
Yeah. Um, when I was, I don't know, maybe four years old, I, I got hit by a car. I come out between two cars on my bicycle. And, uh, and they hit me, they knocked me out, and they dragged me about a block before they stopped. Wow. Um, then in, by fourth grade, I, I flipped over my bicycle handlebars and knocked out my two front teeth, uh, roots and all. And in the military, I was a, a tank turret repairman, and they have height restrictions for tankers, mm-hmm. but uh, not for the people who fix them. And so I, almost every time I get in a tank, you'd hit your head. And uh, one, one time I did it really bad, trying to pull the turret off the hull. It sent me to the hospital. And then uh, July 2nd, 1999 was the worst one. Uh, 2,300 pound cluster of argon cylinders tipped over while being unloaded with a forklift and the steel canopy caught me in the side of the head and it, uh, it, it's left me with multiple different types of headaches, uh, hearing loss. I've, I've got a centrally herniated disc in my neck. My spine was bent and twisted all the way to my knee or all the way to my hips and my hips are rotated some. Eh, so I've, I've got quite a few issues, you know, other than just the, the head injuries. But the head injuries actually are what I think caused me the most difficulty too. Um, it's something that the, the society really doesn't uh, have good answers for. Um, yeah. You know, they've they've come out with having a – Having a traumatic brain injury, this is the best way I've ever thought of being able to describe it. It's like driving down the road, listening to the FM radio, you know, and you, you get just out of range and uh, you start getting static on the radio and, and, and that's what your brain does. You know, you, you could be thinking about something and next thing you know, it just goes off and, and uh, it gets a little foggy maybe or, you know, you start thinking about something totally different and then you have to figure that out. You know, you, you can't go do anything else until you have your brain back on that FM station, you know? Yeah. Do you find That's- that um, comedy helps you with um, as like a mental stretch for maintaining? Cause you've got to use yeah. memory is, a, is the key component in comedy, your memory, because that's, that's where, so do you think that that's helped you with kind of exercising your brain and keeping it healthy in that, in that regard for your, that, that, that neuroplasticity? Yes. There, there are some things that, that do it, but also um, for me personally, mm. uh, you can hear me tell the same joke mm. two different times. And, you know, I might've forgot a line, one of them, you know, but I, keep going or maybe i've added another funny line you know yeah. it, it, each time i tell the jokes it's a little they're essentially the same but they're also a little different make sure to check out rob will at our comedy show on november 28th where we put on a good night of comedy for gold star families veterans and civilians come on out link below you said you 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 in, you said there was multiple injuries, not just the TBIs. Yeah. So you're yeah. you're dealing with just a, a body of pain. 
Yeah, I'm in constant. Constant. Pain. Yeah. How? Yeah, how no. I'm not trying to. Oh, sorry, I'm not trying to. I mean, I think Drew's about ready to go here, but with that type of, you know, the the quality of life slash chronic pain slash everything you go through, trying to keep that mental positivity going with those injuries that are nagging you all the time. How does that affect, I mean, how do you maintain being a funny guy? How, how do you, where do you find that, that mm -hmm. ability to re go down deep and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to be, a, you know, I'm going to make other people feel good today. This is a little brutally honest here, but what else do I have? In, I in what regard? I can't hang drywall. You know, yeah. I, I can't be a carpenter. I can't be a, a fireman. I'm not going to save anybody unless I'm calling 911. You know, I, the, the, so I've found what I can do, and I do it to the best of my ability. And what that has taught me is we need to do that more, period. Absolutely. You know, if, and you if, do it well, man. You do it well. No. I, I greatly appreciate that. I've, I've been told by, you know, a lot of people, professional comedians too. And that's always a good thing when, when the guys you're working on the show with, they come up to you after the show and they're like, ah, that, that's, <laughs> you know, not only is it funny, it's maybe unique, you know, where like nobody's really joked about that before, you know? Well, Rob, that's it's, a big it's a, part of comedy is finding your, your personal voice. Right. Your opinions so I've, I've, points. I've taken my tragedies and turned them into comedy because it's been enough time, you know, and, and if I'm going to look, if I'm going to continue to, to walk around on this rock, I, I have to do something, you know, but I can't go cut down trees. You know, I surely don't have the patience to be a pottery guy. You know, I'm, I'm not working on a potter's wheel at all. I can carry a microphone. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that i honestly i can carry a microphone but but the <clears throat> the mission your mission though through comedy because yeah. you're okay you're retired you could just technically sit down and just learn a whole bunch about old world war ii naval ships if you wanted because That's you're true. an old guy but you take your time you dedicate it to this art and then you use it to help other people, especially uh, uh, is it safe to say, and I don't mean, and I don't mean any disrespect by this, but somewhat neglected um, by the public eye in, in lacking in support, this, this, this mission that you're trying, that you're attempting to, to support here, the gold star families. I, th I think, um, just due to my experiences and talking with many different gold star parents, um, you, you know, the veteran community, we owe them a little, you know, we, 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 our, our nation owes them a lot, but personally, I feel the veteran community owes them too. like those gold star mothers. Those are our mothers too. If wow, it's our man. brothers and sisters, you know, that, that go off to battle, you know, that's our gold star mom too, you know, and, uh, a lot of them, 
needs some laughter. You ever tell jokester tears? Sometimes wow. you have to. It's tough. Not difficult tears. Sometimes you have to, though. Um, you know, you have to figure out how to not necessarily laugh at everything, but you need to figure out what you can laugh at after your traumas, after your heartbreaks, after your disappointments, you know. Um, it's that important. There's there's four – damn it, I was going to write them down, and now I've forgotten them. There's, there's four – uh, chemicals in your body that uh, kind of get activated by humor. Uh, and, dopamine, uh, norepinephrine, uh, serotonin, and um... he he said most of them. <laughs> yeah, you know. But the thing is, is your body it's it's a huge health benefit for your body. Even tears, you know, crying is beneficial you know and uh, our gold star families have cried their share of tears i want them to cry some tears of joy too oh, man. and endorphins yeah endorphins that's you know i should have known that one yeah i love that word <laughs> um no you're right you're absolutely right dude it's it, it and the thing with that is too is like you can actually like comedy has the ability if used correctly it can change your way of thinking it can it can change you from a negative mindset to a positive mindset well what if the comedy takes a gold star mom who's in kind of a rather dark place and it gets her to a spot to where maybe she would volunteer at a va clinic you know and and help other wounded warriors or, or whatever the case may be even if it's well that's the cycle of trauma yeah, you know, and and eventually you have to figure out where your spot is too, mm -hmm. and and fit in and and move on. You're not gonna nothing I'm ever gonna do is gonna change what's happened, right? But what I'd like to do is at least provide a little laughter in the future to let everybody know that uh, you know we have to continue living. You know, myself, I've, I've had my brothers resting in Arlington. Uh, he wasn't killed in combat, but he did 22 and a half years in the service and uh, retired just a f few short months later. He was killed in a motorcycle accident. And, uh, you know, at that service, uh, I saw a lot of grieving people. Myself included, you know, but uh, since then, the amount of services I've gone to and the amount of people I've talked to, I, I only know that this is something that we're going to, that we're going to, it's a necessity is, is the word I guess I'm looking for. Um, was that the I, catalyst? Was that, was that what made you kind of get in? Was this when you started getting involved in this community it was after your brother passed? Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing comedy if my brother was alive. He so did my, you use this as a healing mechanism? Because I don't think we've ever talked about it like yes, this. For that, absolutely. For, well, not only just that. Um, there's other st my my injuries. You know the of course the, 
the the medicines I was taking, they, they had me on multiple different medications and, and I knew the way I was feeling, um, was not right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even, you got the list, grab the list, show the yeah, list. I, I do have a list here. Uh, it wasn't even providing me much, uh, relief taking all these pills and it'll take me a second to find that's it. okay. But, uh, you know, bottom line is the, the pills weren't working. Mm-hmm. My brother got killed and I was like, you know what? I got to do something. I got to do something. So I went to a comedy show and the comedy show I went to, the headliner came out before the show and he said, listen, he said, uh, we got a new guy tonight who's going to come out and do a guest set. He's never performed on stage in front of a crowd before. Maybe cut him a little bit of a break. And I'm sitting at my table going, you can do that? <laughs> I didn't know. My whole life, I was always told, stop being a wise ass. Nobody <laughs> likes a smart ass. My family is professional people. They don't understand, you know, attorneys. My brother was a lieutenant colonel, you know. It's, yeah. my, my dad is the smartest guy my lawyer knows, which is why I know I need a wiser attorney. <laughs> so you are the... There, there's the list of, of pills I used to take. It's probably going to be hard to read. I don't know. Go ahead. What but, number is that? 40 at the bottom? Yeah, but you, you said it's like 43, right, Rob? 43 different pills. Uh, well, actually, it's 42 pills and one, uh, I'm going to just call it liquid cocaine. Um, it was a narcotic nose spray that uh, I was prescribed for a while. And that, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> ultimately, Oh, it's a good time to plug. The pills weren't providing relief for my headaches, which was my chief complaint. Um, but what we know now is uh, multiple head injuries. Uh, it's it's very possible that I have that concussion disease, uh, CTE. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I, I have donated my brain and spine to uh, Boston Medical. That's where, the, that's where it all went to. Yeah, when, when I'm done with it. Uh, they've actually teamed up. They want it bad. They, they've, they do. They sent me a nice <laughs> donation card and everything, you know. But they, they've teamed up with the VA to try to get more veterans to donate their, their brains too. And, uh, because I think they think they can figure this crap out, you know. Um, they don't. They can't diagnose that disease until you're dead as of, as of right now. Right. And that, that stands for chronic uh, traumatic and encephalitis encephalopoly or something. I I always call it in snuffleupagus because that's how I remember the guy from Sesame Street. Right. But yeah, Uh, so that's what it is. A lot of pro football players have donated their brains and, and uh, um, I don't know the percentage, but it's a very high percentage 
have come back with CTE symptoms in different stages. I, I think there's four different stages of encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. Yeah. Right. So, not encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. That, that's, that's my brain injury. Adam, he just said the word of the day. I'm never going to get that word right, ever. It's, 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 my tongue trips up halfway through it every time. <laughs> get it right, Becky will thank you. Yeah, she don't care. All right. <laughs> um. that, well, I mean, but you're saying, so you're, you're on 40, you know, they've tried 43 different types of medications to try to get you to feel a certain way. And you're yeah. like, you know what, none of these, by the way, newsflash, none of them are doing what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, I have to find a way to find quality of life here. So how, so how did you, where did you go from there? Well, I actually, I took like a natural route. I, I did some Googling and I found uh, with neck injuries, an inversion machine is pretty beneficial. But if you have a lower back injury, uh, they're not really highly recommended because you have too much weight pulling apart. Traction? Um, no, it's an, well, it's similar to traction, but it's an inversion machine. You've seen that old guy on TV that's like 85, that teeter. He's jumping up and down, doing jumping Yeah, jam. yeah, yeah, from the yeah. Back to the Future 3 when he came into the room hanging upside down. Yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. So I've, I've got a machine here at the house where I, I used to hang upside down a couple times a day for just a few minutes. Um, and also, one of the best things I did was uh, get, get linked up with uh, Dent Neurologic Institute up in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've put me on can cannabis oil. And with that, I'm, I'm getting some of the best sleep I've had in, in, in uh, let's see, 99 in like 21 years you know but i only sleep there, about buddy. two and a half hours before i feel some pain somewhere and in the half and then i get up it's it's uh it's a it's, i'll nap whenever possible sometimes you know just you have to but i don't really sleep good right now you know is it because of mainly body pain is it yeah uh, See, I, if you've ever stuck your tongue on a nine volt battery and that little shocking feeling you have, I've, I've got some nerve conditions or something. I'm not sure what they call them. Um, I can't remember, but, uh, yeah, I get those and like, it'll be in my calf muscle, but it's not a cramp. It's that electrical sh shocking feeling, you know, and sometimes I'll get it in my uh, neuropathy. Uh, yeah, neuropathy. But I think I have, um, honestly, I think I have some toxic exposure uh, from Fort McClellan. From McClellan, yeah. So that uh, would be, you think more like MS, like like multiple sclerosis? Well, you know, you it could maybe, to, to maybe, you know, the thing is, is they don't, uh, the VA didn't give a rat's ass about Fort McClellan veterans, you know. They don't They're care about any to, of them. I hope they, they, I hope they at least were willing to maybe test me and see if it's, it is something. My stepdad has a rating because of that, be, because uh, he got Parkinson's from that, from yeah. that, from that. They're studying that case hard right now. They're, yeah. they're dissecting. I, I know, I know they are. 
And you see a lot of people have heard of Agent Orange. Yeah. Um, but, but very few people know there's a, a whole rainbow of agents. And one of them is, is described as Agent Orange's wicked cousin. And that just should scare the hell out of most everybody that ever trained there because that information was not ever given to us prior to us having to go there and learn to road march, low crawl That's and dig a foxhole, you know, pre EPA regulation, right? Yeah. Well, I, I don't remember when the EPA, the EPA shut them down in 1999 is a real toxic place. It was the department of defense's chemical compound. So yeah. I'm sure they even had like doomsday stuff there that, you know, yeah, the glowing children are probably super happy. Right, you know. Like, I'm sure they had, a few years ago, a couple of young girls blew some powder in the face of that North Korean brother or something at an airport, and he was dead before he hit the ground, you know. And I'm, I'm sure that's the kind of stuff that was at Fort McClellan, too, you know. Uh, and a lot of people that, that train there have some uh, very unexplainable health conditions. You know, Rob, man, I, you know, we heard your emotion and, and, and how, you know, how you feel about your mission and, and making sure that people who have lost their legacy so that others can continue to do what they do, go get their cup of coffee. I mean, you know, it's not just the soldier who, who falls in battle that pays the price. It's everybody who remembers right. that person. Right. And, you know, you're, you were talking about obligation. And, yeah. you know, if you have the ability, you, you had that quote, if you have the ability to make somebody laugh, you have the obligation to do so. And that if you have an ability, if you have an ability, like you were saying with, you know, I'm not going to go, you know, pull a car off somebody. I'm not that, you know, Superman strong, but I have an ability to make people laugh. I have, I have a skill set, And if I don't use that skill set for the betterment of people around me, shame on me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so with, you know, that being said, I think that that goes for more than just comedy. Um, we all have an ability everyone has abilities, you know, some people can do things more than others can do. And I mean, heck there's guys who play wheelchair rugby, you know, but yeah. you know, the fact that you're able to use your skill set, recognize your skill set and say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And cause the, these people have done for others and now I'm going to do for them. I love that. And I just really want you to know that I really appreciate what you're doing. And, um, you know, even if we weren't doing this comedy show together, I just, I just love your mission, man. And I, and I support it 110%. Um, and when he would support something, he puts his whole ass behind it. Holy shit. <laughs> Listen, no, you, you don't even know yet, dude. You don't even know. Well, it just, you know, man, it, the, the, as the old saying goes, you know, the brave live forever. And, it, and, and they're And, um, I think that's because of how we remember each other and, and how we continue to move forward with those people no longer in our life. And um, for one night, uh, those families will be able to come together and uh, they'll have 
all the good memories will come to the forefront. And that is something that, um, <laughs> that is something that even uh, makes me emotional. <clears throat> so hopefully new memories too, you know, yeah. hopefully yeah. new memories too, you know? Yes. Um, in your opinion, as we are redefining a warrior, in your opinion, what makes somebody a warrior? See, you just seen this coming if you listen to the podcast, fuckface. <laughs> Being fearful, but doing it anyway. I didn't see a path. I'm making one. I don't know. I, get, I think that's a warrior. You know, I'm, I'm, warriors, I don't think, forget about their brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? I, I don't think we do. Now, I never saw any, I never deployed, you know. Uh, the, the short time that I was in, we didn't really have any military actions. So I, I never went anywhere. But uh, some of the people I served with did go over to the Middle East for the first war. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't even know if all of them made a bad. Honestly, once I got out of the military, I moved on to family life, um, struggled a bit, of course, because there was no support system. There, there's, there's really a lacking support system. It's gotten much better, oh, yeah. thankfully. Oh, fin but, infinitely yeah. better. Yeah, you know, and... and uh, that's what I think it, it boils down to is every day do a little better than yesterday and make your community a little better place to live you know even for when you're gone you know people are gonna need to laugh well after I'm gone you know and and we're still gonna probably have wars well after I'm gone you know so military veterans that get out and do comedy um, Honestly, I feel they still have a bit of an obligation to help the veteran community heal. And that's what it's about. You know, it's, it's, it's going to help me heal more, too, uh, to, the, to the best level of healing I can probably get to, you know, because it's therapeutic. So I will get a little healing. Other people, other soldiers, other comedians will get that same therapeutic feeling you know while the audience gets a good night of laughter thank you for listening to the warrior workout network podcast with our episode with rob will humor for healing again check out our show november 28th check us out on instagram twitter and all that at war workout network